The views and opinions expressed in the following paid program are those of the host, callers, and guests, and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of this station, its management, or owners. Welcome to the program. My name is Stuart Rosenblum. I'm president and CEO of Stuart's American Mortgage. My personal cell phone number, the only uh, cell that I carry with me is 314 area code 324-4440, 314-324-4440. Alternatively, feel free to, uh, obviously, you can do what you want, but feel free to go ahead and Google the bagel loan, B-A-G-E-L. If you are in the market to buy a home, and you're going to borrow at least $200,000. You're going to get the same or better rate, better service, I guarantee that. Same or better rate and no closing costs, no title fees, no lender fees, no appraisal fees, nothing. It's the big bagel, zero. Easy to remember, Google Bagel Loan. Some people actually Google Donut Loan and came to our website. So that I guess there's enough people that don't remember Bagel, but remember Donut, so they do it. And they get all the information they need from the website. You can contact us. Through the website, you can call me, you can text me, you can email me. Communication's easy. We will respond to you always within 24 hours, often the same day. Easy to remember, even the evenings. It's not a problem. People call me all the time. They say, you know, I don't want to call you at 7 o'clock at night. I don't want to call you at 10 o'clock at night. It's no big deal. It's not a problem. I love what I do. I'm happy to offer you that service. I'm happy to offer you that expertise or my expertise and you'll get a good idea of what's you know what you can or cannot do and uh, joining me today is uh, Louise my wife is again not, has not appeared she's MIA for the last she's two MIA weeks last two weeks yeah I know so uh maybe she you know maybe she, maybe she shouldn't get paid what do you think? Nope, no grocery shopping, no shopping on Amazon for a couple of weeks? I think job. if I was in your position and knows the financial situation, not only at, America's, at your business, but she, also she in has, the house. She has no idea what, what I make or do. And do. that's why she goes to the mall every day and uh, doesn't have to worry about the credit I, cards I'm because they you. will get paid. I'm telling you, three. That's right. They will get paid. Well, maybe three one four three two four forty four forty. I got to tell you, okay. I got to tell you. I we have a place in Florida, in a in a city called Boca Raton. And some of you are familiar, some of you not. And I was there this week. We closed about uh, seven loans this past week in Florida. So sometimes I go in when I can close those loans. Actually, there was a nice couple that was buying their home, first home they ever bought, didn't have parents around, it was not done through a real estate agent, it was a for sale by owner. Okay. And they said, listen, can you do me a favor, can you come to the closing because we're very nervous? And I said, sure, no problem. I got on a plane and I went to the closing. And uh, I don't mind doing that, it's actually pretty fun, you know, become a world travel a little bit. But, you know, I noticed something that I noticed before, mm. but it really got to me. Okay. In Boca Raton, I don't know how it is. Well, I would say it's anywhere in South Florida. 
Okay. I, I know South Florida. You know we, South Florida. Oh, yeah. 95, yes. kicking from Miami all the way. Okay. Doral, Florida. Yeah, I don't Arton, know yes. what the deal is. I don't know what the deal is. But old people drive in the left lane all the time. Now, I'm not so young myself, okay? I'm 56. So I understand, and I understand patience and mm-hmm. don't rush. Mm-hmm. But why do they have to stay in the left lane go and go slow? And sometimes they're in the left lane, the middle lane, and the right lane. So th- this past week I was driving up 95, probably about the Hollywood area. You know, Hollywood yeah, oh, yeah. Right, okay. Yeah. Near and the Dolphin Stadium. No, that's right. Well, that's in Miami. That's no, that's in Fort Lauderdale. Is it Fort Lauderdale? Yeah, Marlins is in Miami. Oh, the Marlins. Okay. So, wait, wait. You're talking about the football team? Yeah, the Marlins are located in Fort Lauderdale. No, they're not. They, Miami Gardens, Fort Lauderdale. Yes. Miami, okay, Miami Gardens is not Fort Lauderdale. That's North Miami Beach. During the break, I'm going to do some research. You I may be research. wrong. I may be wrong. <laughs> well, I don't know. This is Hollywood. It's about a 40-minute drive. Or, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Half an hour from North Miami Beach. From, from Miami Beach, it's about a 45-minute drive. Okay. There is a 95. I think there's five lanes. It's a pretty big, wide yes. highway. Okay. The three left and middle lanes. So the left lane, the next lane over, the next lane over that, was they were going like 45, 50 miles an hour. And there's nothing in front of them. That's still within the speed limit. I don't know. And so as I'm passing them, I, I couldn't figure out what was going on. Now, granted, I was tired. I got in 11 o'clock at night. I wanted to get to Boca and I had mm-hmm. to fly to Miami. Mm-hmm. Miami Airport, by the way, is the worst airport. Okay? It's one of the worst, yeah. It's, it's terrible. You, you have to, you're going to walk half a mile before you get to the train that takes you to the rental car place. And then you're going to walk another quarter mile. It's a nightmare. All right? Not complaining about exercising, but it was a nightmare. Okay, you get your steps in. You get your steps in, and it, it was. And then driving around Boca was the same problem. Well, but Boca's filled with old people. That's expected. I, 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 but why the left lane? They. That's what they like, apparently. Why the left lane? And, and maybe in fifteen years, you're gonna be that old person driving the left lane. I'm going to do it despite. I'm going to do it despite. I'm going to know there's a guy like me in his 50s wants to get to where he's got to go. And I, I wasn't speeding. I was trying to go the limit or, you know, I go five, 10 miles over the limit. Which is average. I think everybody does. These people that were too. going, I, I don't know. I don't know what the deal is. They were going over the minimum, but not enough to be fast. And then, and then as I looked at one of the people, I just wanted to, you know, you always want to see who was driving the car. Okay. Oh yeah. That's fun. I couldn't see the person. Oh wow! It was really short, and 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 oh, like not- the the I think it, the person's eye level was even with the dashboard. Maybe that's why they're driving slow. Yeah, I don't know. maybe yeah. Safety reasons. All right, three one four three two four forty four forty. This show we're going to talk about all these different reports that are coming out as to why interest rates are shooting up. So if you think interest rates are going down, eh, wrong. They're going up. Why they're going up? The different reports that have come out that encourage the Federal Reserve not to cut the interest rates. So we're going to talk about this four major uh, indexes that are, well, four major reports that are kind of encouraging them to slow down on their, their original perception. And this is, this is kind of what I've explained to you over and over again. Okay. Every minute is a different thing. One minute, the Federal Reserve is cutting rates. One minute, they're raising it. They just don't know anything. 
They just don't know what to do, okay? And they're afraid to pull a trigger on everything justifiably because they've done it in the past and it turned out to be a bad move. So now they don't know if to raise them, to cut them, to keep them the same. Yes, no, maybe December was good. Inflation was going down. Now it's coming back up. They, they don't know. They don't know. So they're being a little bit smart and saying, okay, we're going to wait and see if these trends continue or if mm-hmm. it's going to be a yo-yo or not. And unfortunately, the report that came out this past Friday uh, shows that you know we're actually behind the eight ball again when it comes to this inflation number. So we're going to talk about that. We're also going to get into getting cash out on your house, what that is, what your options are, why one is better than the other, and what about credit card debts and stuff like that. So we're going to talk about that. Um, your limitations after you do a cash out loan have become pretty serious. So your ability to later refinance that loan is uh, is in impeded now with the new rules so we're going to talk about that as well but so the first thing we might as well get into it is we had three reports come out before friday's report first report was overall economy so the economy is basically growing gdp is going it's growing and the economy is doing well so the federal reserve only wants to cut interest rates to stir up economic activity so make people spend more money. Right. They raise the rates to stop you from spending money. They lower the rates to encourage you to spend your money. And it's not like you walk around with a lot of cash in your pocket and you don't care. Most of this country borrows money to make purchases. You go buy a car, you're not going to write a check for the car. You go buy a house, you're not going to write a check for the house. All these things are based on getting a loan, Mm -hmm. okay? And how much you have to pay, the interest rate you pay on that loan is a big determining factor of whether or not you're going to make that purchase or not. Fair enough? Yeah. Okay. So the economy is growing. If the economy is doing well and growing, that's an indication that people are still spending money. If people stop spending money, obviously the economy is not going to grow. Companies aren't selling their products, and you go into recession. Mm -hmm. Economy is doing pretty good, Okay. So that's one factor that would sway the Federal Reserve not to raise interest rates because everything's going good. The only reason they want to cut it is they don't want to end up in a recession or worse. Yeah. Okay? So the economy is doing well. Second report came out, job growth. Job growth looks great, better than expected. People are getting jobs. There is wage growth, not to the level that we want to see, but there is wage growth. And so people got money in their pockets, and they're doing pretty well. And so, and people are getting jobs. Mm-hmm. So we don't have to worry about that fallout, right? The third report that came out is the CPI report, the consumer, the inflation report is what we call it, the CPI okay. report, okay? That showed that we're up uh, 3.1%. So that was an increase from December. December was at like 2.9%. Now we're at 3.1%. So but, inflation is actually going up, not down. But as a layman... Because I see graphs, and I just pick the point, just the average point. Yeah, it's going up, but it went up, what, 0.2 percentage points? Uh, in the world of inflation, that's a lot. Oh, okay. I didn't know okay. that. Okay, in the world of inflation, that's a lot. So the target that the Federal Reserve wants to see is a 2% increase in prices per year. That's what they want to see. If we're doing 2%, uh, hopefully wages correlate to some degree. Mm-hmm. People are making more. The costs are going up more. It's a slow progression. Progression, yeah. and we're getting to the point where they keep paying the money. You know, they can afford it, and so on and so forth. We're not outpricing products to consumers. Consumers 
have uh, just enough cash to make those purchases. So it's a steady, good, conservative movement. We're not there. We're not at that 2%. We were at 8% right out of COVID. Oh, yeah. Okay. But we're down in the 3.1%. Now, if you want the Federal Reserve to cut rates, all right, they have to be comfortable enough that by doing so won't stir up more economic activity and cause inflation to go up even more. Mm -hmm. While this number here shows inflation is still going up, hey, I don't want to cut the rates because that's going to make more people buy more stuff, i.e. at the end of the day your inflation numbers will continue to rise, not go down. Mm-hmm. So that's the that's the third report that came out that indicated that there's a federal, you know, at least gives us an idea that the Federal Reserve is not encouraged to go ahead and cut those rates. The fourth report was on Friday. It's called the PPI report. That's wholesale prices. Wholesale prices shot up a lot higher than anticipated. They wanted, it rose 0.3% for the month, which is the biggest move since August, in economists and people that are in the financial industry, they were hoping a 0.1% increase, okay? It ended up being 0.3%. That's pretty, pretty steep for wholesale prices. In December, it dropped 0.2%. So it's go, it was going in the right direction, and all of a sudden now we bounced right back up. So I don't know why. I mean, I can't give you a reason why. Yeah, I was going to ask you that. My only thing is that people are spending more in December because of the holidays and whatever Yeah, it but the, it went down. But it went down. It went down. You know, wholesale prices dropped. It could be that wholesale, a lot of wholesalers in December, you know, if you remember Christmas time, yeah. that a lot of these wholesalers were slashing prices because they couldn't get stuff sold for Christmas. So maybe that's a factor that contributed. It's hard to say. Also, we got to remember that people or there are less people buying homes in December than any other time. Christmas is here. People aren't shopping for homes during Christmas or when there's snow outside. They kind of back off a little bit. And now it's picked up and and January picked up. We had a mild, we had some cold days, but overall it wasn't too bad. So maybe the housing picked up over there too. So all these things our factors, wholesale prices doesn't really account for housing. It's like, mm-hmm. other price, but it's still going up. It's all going in the direction the Federal Reserve doesn't want to see it go. And unless the Federal Reserve sees some consistency between all these different factors where things are improving and inflation is dropping and prices are stabilizing and dropping, they're not going to cut those interest rates. So in December, myself included, we had predicted, you know, two to three cuts in those rates. Now there's talk on Wall Street that there may only be one cut this year, you know, and or two. But this is look look how flip flop we are. Just thirty days ago, we're saying, oh, we're going to cut rates. Now we're not going to cut rates. You know, there could be another report comes out in three weeks from now that say, okay, we could cut cut rates. So who knows? Well, and that tells you that the people that are doing the decisions, the projections, it just depends on report report. It reminds me how actually how the National Weather Service forecasts hurricanes. You know, that's you, a good you correlation. Might get, yeah, I like that. You might get a a very favorable forecast. <laughs> it will miss that island. It will miss Florida. And then 48 hours later, it's going to Florida. Right. Yeah. Or because even in it's St. just Louis. the environment. In, yeah. In St. Louis, you get a report, hey, it's going to snow and then nothing happens. And all of a sudden, next or week. Or like this week happening was on Tuesday, it's going to be just rain. And then on Friday, we got snow. We did get snow. We get, did get snow and a lot of snow, too. And yeah, snow. It's, this, is, this is like the third false start of spring that we've had this year. <laughs> I've been in St. Louis 10 years. 
How did you end up in St. Louis? Good question. So I like you're in Dominican Republic. Isn't now, it beautiful in Dominican Republic? It is beautiful in the Dominican Republic, but I'm from Puerto Rico. That's even more beautiful in Puerto oh, Rico. Right, right. Puerto, sorry, and for Puerto the people Rico. that want to go to Puerto Rico, it's, you just have to have your not, not your passport. You have to have your ID. It's a U.S. It's a you U.S. Need a, territory. You don't need a passport to go to Puerto Rico. No, yeah, no. you don't have you. If you want, you can get it, but you just have your ID, and that's it. That's it. And obviously your pass, uh, your your right. your your flight stuff and whatever. But my grandfather went to SLU in the 50s. My dad went to SLU in the 80s. So I'm a third-generation SLU grad, and that's oh, why I'm here. That's why you're there. Yeah. Oh, how'd your grandfather end up at SLU? That's a good question. We I figured that, so my high school is a Yeshua high school that my grandfather went to. Right. So, and SLU heavily recruits that high school uh, in Puerto so Rico. They, yeah. So then at the time, SLU had a good engineering department too. And that's and that's and that's how he went got here. Three one four three two four forty four forty. Again, the bagel loan and the most popular product, a donut loan, whatever you want to call it. I think they both go to our website. But the official name is the bagel loan. Looks like a zero. You're not going to pay any fees. We don't pay any commissions. We don't have commission loan officers. All the loans are done between me and my son, who is uh, fantastic and. We have uh, four helpers, four processors that walk you through the underwriting process. Mm-hmm. We're always available for you. I don't know. I mean, we give you the expertise. We give you the service. You're going to get the best rate, the best deal. I had a customer this week that was uh, went to a builder. And the builder, these builders have mortgage companies that are connected to them. And, and on many occasions, they benefit from those mortgage companies, whether the mortgage companies pay them rent or what the relationship is. And they couldn't compete with what we had. We were a quarter percent better on the rate, and we had no closing costs. And they had closing costs. They were much higher than a quarter percent. Well, they were a quarter percent on that one, higher on the rate. And they had $4,000, $5,000 in costs that our customer did not have to pay. So why why would you want to do that? And uh, we set them up in the very beginning. You got, yeah, I got to remember, too, that if you go with a builder and you sign a contract with them, you're all excited you want to buy this house? They're going to build it with you. Okay, sign. Nobody ever reads the contract. You just sign. In the contract, it says you have to use a specific title company. And nine out of ten times, that title company has ownership interest within it that is the builder. The builder has a piece of that action somehow, some way. So that means when you go to close, they're going to charge you higher fees. They're going to charge you more expensive. You can shop the title company. You don't have to go to a specific title company, mm-hmm. but when you go to a builder and you sign the dotted line, it says in that title company, you got to use Arch City Title, which is a, they're actually pretty good folks, but their fees can be high and they're related to this or there's another one, Dependable and stuff, stuff like that. All these titles, right? you got to realize you're going to pay double for the same product. And we have ways of facilitating a lower fee if we're doing the transaction with you with those title companies. But if you don't use us, you're going to end up paying through the roof, and you won't even realize it. You won't even realize it because you don't know. You mm-hmm. don't know what one title company cost is versus another title company cost. But you can shop it just like you shop a lender, just like you shop an agent. Any other way, you can shop title companies. We use Freedom Title, pretty strong. Uh, there's other title companies that are great there that are on the big loan program. Investors Title is on it. Integrity Title, Chesterfield Title, all these title companies are on the bagel loan product, so you end up paying less at the end of the day for the same exact thing, have the same or better service and the same rate, I mean the better rate, and you have somebody that's looking out for you. Yeah. 
Last week was also a big week for existing customers. Really? Well, the rates dropped before the reports came out, about two weeks ago, actually. The rates dropped before the, the, all these reports or the secondary reports came out. So we called all our customers and said, hey, you're at this rate. You can go to that rate. It won't cost you a dime. It's free. Do you want to do it? I'd say 60 to 70% called us back right away. Do it. Get it done. We locked a whole bunch of people. How many people in your industry see that the rates are dropping and you just decide to call all your customers? I don't know. I don't think there are many. I don't, I don't, they don't have the resources or, the, or we created like a, a program to be able to determine that and follow it. I don't know. Most people in my industry are into the one-shot deal. Okay, they don't really care after they close. Mm -hmm. If you go to a bank, for example, also like, uh, I don't want to say names, but all these different banks, national banks that are out there, okay? You deal with a loan officer, you get your deal closed, then all of a sudden the stuff goes into your, you know, goes into the bank's servicing department. And if you have a question about the servicing, you got to call somebody in the Dominican Republic or Puerto Rico <laughs> who doesn't even speak English. I I had that too. No, I was they, calling, they speak broken English. Broken, <laughs> I had that too. I was calling somebody about something and I ended up with somebody. I couldn't understand a single word he was telling. I said to him, I can't understand what you're saying to me. So what are we going to do? So at least with us, if you do the transaction with us, you have a long-term relationship uh, with us, financial relationship. And if there's something that needs to be addressed, if there's something that you need done, we're, we're there for you. So, and you can call a cell phone anytime. And that's a big difference. It's a big deal. I think it's a big deal. If you, if I buy a car from somebody, mm -hmm. uh, you know, actually, and I did, we just bought a car from uh, Dean team. Oh yeah. Uh, great guy. Great guy over there. The manager's phenomenal. And uh, he gave us his cell phone number. And as we had questions and things done, he was always available. We had another question a couple weeks later. After we bought the car, he answered it right away. I mean, that's, you want long-term service. You don't want the one-shot deal. Same here with my guy with HW Kia. I got the owner's cell number right here in my phone. So any, anything happens, I know I'll get a response right. either that day or wait a couple minutes. That's what I say we do. Yeah. 314-324-4440. Next segment, we're going to talk about APR. This term APR, credit card debts and rates, how credit card interest is calculated, which is you're going to find very interesting. And what the different options you have when you're doing a cash out refinance loan. There there are differences and limitations after you close it. After that, we're all going to talk about a little bit about buying a home, how you got to get set up to get pre-approved, what pre-approved really means. And uh, you'll be prepared because you want to be more competitive than the other bids coming in. Get the house of your dreams. Make it, make it a smooth, fun process. Cost as least as possible. On your side, maybe get the bagel loan with no cost and be ahead of the game. So don't th don't go away. This is good stuff. We'll be right back. Stuart Rosenblum here. Stuart's American Mortgage. Nobody even knows my company name. They just don't bagel loan. Or donut loan. Or donut loan. It's always funny. I hear donut loan. All the Jewish people call me. Yeah, what's the bagel loan? All the people down in Sykeston want the donut loan. So it's pretty funny. We like Sykeston anyway. We'll be right back. Don't turn that dial. Restaurant. What a 
Billy Joel song to play when you're talking about financing. <laughs> it's very <apropos>. pressure. <laughs> pressure, 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 financial pressure. You know, mortgage lending, aside from medicine, you know, doctors, I think has the biggest impact on the quality and demeanor of a person's life. You know, if you, if you, you, God forbid, got to be in the medical and you have medical issues, that's going to affect you. If you're not paying the right on your mortgage or you have too much debt overall and that, that causes financial pressure, that's broken up marriages. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's actually affected people medically because they get stressed out. And we know today that stress can cause heart attacks and other types of things. Oh, yeah. So indirectly, your mortgage or your finances can impact your your quality of life and a happier as I remember I did a loan for an elderly woman uh, she was in her late 60s early 70s I don't know if that's elderly anymore but it's a little bit older than me and uh, she was living paycheck to paycheck and hardly being able to make her, her bills pay and she said to me she said you know life's okay I'm getting along and stuff like that and I talked to her about refinancing and she saved about I think it was something like $1,200 a month on his, on her payments oh overall. wow $1,200. And, and that's the serious numbers that you can actually save. She said, I had no idea. So we did her loan. We closed it in two weeks. Mm-hmm. We did her loan. We consolidated. We saved her about $1,200 a month. Six months later, she called me. Six months later. She says, Stewie. She loves to call me Stewie. She says, Stewie, I've never realized, I never realized how much of a difference you've made in my life until I can sit here today and I have more cash in my pocket. I don't have to worry about bills every minute. It's changed my life completely. And she never realized it. And I explained to her, I said that lots of people are in a position where we can improve them, but they don't recognize the benefit until they've actually done it. And we've had tons. I had once a family that we refinanced the loan, got a similar call a couple months later, which I appreciate. I mean, I'd like to, like to know what the yeah, It's feedback, is. yeah. It's feedback. And that couple told me that, and I had no idea about this, okay? The couple told me that if we, if I hadn't creatively put together a package for them that improved their financial position, there was a really, really good chance that they would have gotten divorced. So you saved marriages too. So I saved, I saved the marriage. Sometimes, you know, this job sometimes has a side benefit that you, that has nothing to do with mortgages. So I did a loan for a customer. I do a lot of loans for physicians, surgeons, doctors, all kinds of people in the medical field. And I did a loan for a family and they had a child and the child needed some heart surgery. Okay. Which I've been through with one of my kids We needed some heart surgery. And, uh, I said, let me help you. Let me help you. They're going to have it done here in St. Louis. And I said, let me, let me just help you. And they said, what for? I said, look, this just bear with me. And I, and I put them in contact with a very high end doctor in another city and it turns out that there's a special surgery that they do in Pittsburgh 
the doctor in Pittsburgh used to be a customer of ours that, that was, I think, at Children's, whatever it was, mm-hmm. or in Dallas, in Dallas. And I ended up working an hour for them. They didn't have the money to travel. We got it covered. And they went for a second opinion, and they ended up having the surgery at our location. This is years ago. The kid is doing phenomenally. Had they had the surgery here in St. Louis, they may not have had the same outcome because here in St. Louis, they don't do that kind of surgery as often as they did in the other place. So that was on the cutting edge of technology and, and new ideas in that particular, it was Pittsburgh, I think. And if they would have done it here, there may have been some success, but not, not as much. And so sometimes you're put in a position where you're helping people financially or do the things and you end up helping them in some other fashion. Mm-hmm. So it was really a good thing for that. But back to the numbers. Be- before yeah. we go back to the numbers, um, I can relate to that story because I can – only imagine the, the the feelings my parents had when they had me. I was born June 15, 1995. Yeah, that makes a lot of people listening old, but there's a truth to this story. I was born with heart defect. Oh. And they couldn't do the surgery in Puerto Rico. In July of that year, so 30 days afterwards, I was in Mount Sinai, New York, being operated in heart operation. Right. We one of the best doctors, and that's not only again family friends. I don't know. Obviously, they, probably they had to go with their guy too. I don't know if they were renting or whatever, but financially. Uh, but I think they had a lot of people like yourself, like the same people, right? That had their backs. Like, don't worry about the expenses. We'll take. The, we'll right. help you. They had your back and they helped you. Yeah. yeah. So you never know whether you're a. A physician, or you're you're flipping hamburgers at McDonald's, and you meet a customer. You never know what your job can turn out and do for people at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. But from the from the financial part of it, the stuff we do is very very. It helps a lot of people in many ways that they don't think it could, but the outcome is is tremendous. So let's talk a little bit about this, okay? Uh, cash out refinances, APRs, credit card debt. So first of all, credit cards. What they do is the average credit card. Do you know the average credit card rate today? It has to be around 29, 28%. 22, 22%. Okay, so I That's was. That's the average, okay? I've seen it as high as 30, 29 point something percent. People, if you ask, do you have credit cards? I have one. You know what the interest rate is? Around 18, but probably has risen with everything you to 20. Right. Okay, the average person has no idea what the credit card's balance, well, they know what the balances are, but they don't know what the interest rate is. Yeah. And they surely don't know how much interest they're paying. They may, if they know the rate, they don't know the dollar amount that's paying. So 22% means you're paying some big bucks. And what happens is you end up paying interest on the interest because it's not like you have a balance and then you pay it down a little bit and then... So you only get charged interest on the amount that's remaining. It doesn't work that way. What they do is they give you an average balance between the two months. They tag on the interest. And then the next month, you end up paying interest on the interest because the balance has been increased and it increases your average balance overall. So that's big bucks. Oh, yeah. That's big, big, big trillions of dollars being paid into these institutions. That's the that's how the credit card debt works. If you don't pay off the full balance at, when the due date comes, you're going to be charged the interest, not what you owe. It's the interest. Day, it's the, the interest. average yeah. balance. But that's right, the average balance. So be very careful about that part. Another very, very confusing term is APR, annual percentage rate. 
if you look on a mortgage, there's a document called a loan estimate. On the first page of it, it gives you your note rate. On the last page, it gives you the APR. Most people, by the time you get to the last page, you've lost interest. You're excited or whatever. Or or now are you confused? You're not even going to read it. So APR is your true cost of money. What's included in APR on a mortgage is the actual interest you're going to pay, say 7% or 6.5%. Any PMI you're going to pay is factored in as if it's interest. Any fees that you pay at closing that doesn't produce a product for you, okay? So for an example, an appraisal fee is not included in the APR because you actually get a product at the end of the day you can put in your hand. Okay. A title policy is not included in the APR because it's something that they give you and you have it in your hand. The closing or fee that the title company pays is included in the APR. It's a service related uh, cost, and it is included in the APR. Any broker fees, any underwriting fees, any discount points, all these things are factored in as if it's interest to give you true cost of money. If your APR is more than a quarter percent than your note rate, so if your note rate is six and a half and your APR is more than six and three quarters, you ought to be asking the question, where the, where is that money and how am I being charged? Mm-hmm. And your loan officer needs to explain to you where that money is and why the APR is higher. If they can't, and most people cannot, then you don't even know what you're getting charged. Okay? So loan officers need to go ahead and be able to explain it to you. You need to understand what's included in that APR the only time when the APR would be more than a quarter percent is if you're paying that nasty thing called PMI. And if you have low credit, you probably, if you get a conventional loan, the APR to. is going to be yeah. higher. If you go for if you go for FHA, you're still going to have a higher APR. The government charges you a, a wacko fee of one and three quarter percent on FHA. That's included in the APR. So your APR is your true cost of money. There is no greatness in getting a lower rate than than the prevailing rates by paying points. A point is equal to 1% of the loan amount. So if you're if you have a $200,000 loan and you're paying 2 points, you're paying 4 grand. To get a rate of say 6% or 6 and a quarter and spend $4,000 versus 6 and a half and not spend the $4,000, you're better off with the 6 and a half percent because your APR is going to be lower without those fees than with the fees. Mm-hmm. And your recoupment period, let's say you have a $200,000 loan, for you to go ahead and get save a quarter percent, it's going to save you 40 bucks a month on the payment maybe, okay, 30, 40 bucks. But you got to pay $4,000. It's going to take you 100 months, 150 months, 160 months to earn back. That's almost 15 years. It is. <laughs> the average loan's only four years outside of the COVID situation. The average loan is only Four years old, people refinance, they sell. So you got to be foolish to go ahead and pay those points or broker fees to get the lower rate. Sometimes they charge you the points and say it's to buy down the rate, but really the lender's trying to pocket the money and you can get the rate without that. That's where you have to shop APR, not the note rate. A lot of our customers who listen to me on the show, uh, listen to me on other stations that I've been on, mm-hmm. you know, I am on. I, I heard you around. I yeah, heard you so around. on other stations, they've learned to shop the APR 
and not the note rate to get the better deal. So that's the bottom line. APR annual percentage rate includes PMI, any service-related costs, doesn't include anything that you get an actual product in your hand, and that's what you need to look at is APR. Uh, are we okay to continue? We have to take a break. I don't Let's know. Let's take a break. Okay, we're going to take one more break. We're going to come in through cash out refinances. Uh, please don't go away. This is good stuff. This is important stuff. You need to know about the cash out refinances because if you do a cash out today, you may be limited on your ability to refinance in the future. I think it's still a good idea to do it, but you need to know what you're getting into. Thanks for uh, being with us. We'll be right back. snow from friday got cheated on the start of spring but it's coming back it's around the corner so don't don't panic warmth will be here the butterflies will be flying the grass will be greener spring right. training just started this week oh wow spring training's gone yes you going to jupiter i am not oh, i'm gonna go to jupiter i think that's so, a good idea i'm gonna be there for two weeks i might as well go to jupiter yeah watch a couple games yeah why not yeah cardinals are gonna be in. and then you can go up to port st louis and watch your mets too no maybe they'll play the mets in uh they will play the mets a lot in, in uh, jupiter florida yes in jupiter florida so i'm gonna see if i can make one of those games uh all right cash out refinances so there's some misconceptions about this we need to clarify when you are taking money out of your house for home improvements paying off credit card debts, uh, going on vacation. Anytime you're receiving money from the transaction that's not to pay off a first mortgage or not to pay off a second mortgage that you got when you bought the house. Sometimes people bought houses and they got a first and second in order to make the transaction work Mm -hmm. at the time you close. So anything that you're paying off that's not a first mortgage generally is considered a cash out refinance. Okay. Okay. A new rule came about and basically said that if you did a cash out refinance, you cannot refinance into what we call a rate and term refinance for 12 months. So a whole year. A whole year. So that that note has to be seasoned. Now, this is important because we know and we believe strongly that a year from now rates will be lower. Okay. If you wait to do a cash out refinance later on, you may not be able to refinance when the rates drop back and they may go back up. So if you're in a position where you have credit card debts, which, by the way, all those credit card rates are adjustables are not fixed with no caps. They can go up to 50 percent. There's no laws restricting their ability to rise those interest rates mm-hmm. so they can continue to rise. With a mortgage, you get a fixed rate. You don't have to worry about the payment. And then in 12 months, rates go down sooner than later. you got to do this. We'll go ahead and call you and refinance it for free with the bagel loan, and you get a better deal. Cash out refinance loans have higher rates than if you just take an existing mortgage and redo it. One's called a cash out, one's called a rate and term refinance. Okay? So they're different kinds of loans. Credit scores impact. If you have a lot of credit card debt out there, chances are good your credit score has been hit. When you consolidate it into a mortgage, then you're going to be in a situation where your credit score rises and it's no longer a cash out second time around. It's now a rate and term second time around. So you end up with the better rate. Confusing maybe a little bit, 
But the bottom line is you have to remember that when you do a cash out, you have to hold that note for 12 months in order to refinance it. When you do an FHA loan, if you have poor credit and you have to go FHA, you're still going to pay PMI. You're limited to 80% of the value of the property. That's it. You can't go higher than 80%. The government's going to charge you a fee that's going to be added on above the 80%, so you get extra cash, and you are going to have that PMI for at least five years. So it's not the greatest thing in the world, but if you're in a situation where you have all this debt, you got to pay somebody off, you got to get some cash, then doing the FHA loan is maybe what you have to do. You're going to have to wait 12 months to go ahead and refinance it into a conventional loan. Conventional also limited to 80%. The exception is if you're doing what we call an equity buyout. So if you have a spouse, a buddy, a friend with the two of you bought a house and now you're going your separate ways and you got to give that other person some money, mm-hmm. okay, paying that person money, taking the money out is not considered cash out and you now are limited to 95% of the value of the property instead of the 80%. If you are a veteran, okay, you're a veteran, thank you for your service, you can get up to 100% of the valued property cash out. It's a good deal. No PMI, okay? And it's a great deal. The rate is usually about a half percent better than a conventional loan and definitely better also than yeah. FHA. And there's no PMI. You often have to pay a pretty steep funding fee to the to the VA. It's almost 3.5%. It's 3.5%. It's large amount of money. Oh, yeah. It's finance. It's not out of pocket, but it's there. Unless you're getting some kind of VA disability or benefit. So if you're receiving partial disability or some kind of benefit, then those then you're going to be waived. You don't have to pay that, that whopping 3.5% to the VA. They, they're good about that. So cash out refinances are a wonderful product. A lot of people are considering getting what we call a second mortgage. Home equity lines, second mortgage, they're all the same. They're in second lien position. The first mortgage is your first mortgage, your conventional loan, whatever you have. A home equity line is a second lien. A fixed rate second is a second lien. You can call it a HELOC, home equity line of credit. All these things are financial vehicles that are in second lien position, and they are second mortgages. Okay? People think that it's not a second mortgage. They got a HELOC. No, it is a second mortgage. You buy some windows. They put a lien on your house. Second mortgage. All these are second mortgages. If you get those, typically they are variable rates. They're not fixed. If they are fixed, they're high, 10 to 15% usually, okay? And you pay fees. When you go later on to refinance them and combine your first and second mortgage or your HELOC, Mm -hmm. it's considered cash out. So you're going to be subject to a higher rate, and you have all those guidelines again. So that is a very, very important factor to consider if you decide you want to get the second. A lot of people today are getting seconds because their first mortgage is at 3%, which was what they got at COVID, and they only need 20 or 30 grand. I agree with that. However, if you owe 50 or 100,000 on your house and you're going to need another $100,000, don't get the HELOC. You're going to lose that low rate. I get it. You don't want to, but it's going to happen. But you'll be better off financially by combining it into one, getting your 6 or 7% because the amount you're going to pay on that second lien is very high interest. So you have to look at the total picture can't look at the individual loans that you have and you got to look at well what's my overall financial cost going to be 
Is it more conservative? More Is it going to be safer to get the fixed rate? Or should I go ahead and get the HELOC? We had a customer come in, $400,000 first mortgage they have right now, rates at 3%. They needed $30,000. We gave them the HELOC. If you have $170,000 first mortgage and you need another 100000 I would say combine them too because your average rate is going to be lower. The average interest you pay is going to be lower. And you'll be in a safer position in that it won't be an adjustable rate and the rate won't continue to, to, to go up. So I don't know if that's boring or not, but I figured it's I'd touch it. It's informational. It's very informational. informational. My wife would tell me that's boring. That's for sure. Folks, thanks for joining us this Sunday morning. I hope you got something from the show. Uh, my wife's entertainment wasn't here today, but you can just imagine when I get home. Maybe I should just tape it and play it next time we come into the into the studio. You folks and uh, listeners, thanks again. Have a wonderful week. You've been listening to Mortgages and More with Stewie on the Big 550, 314-324-4440, or Google the Bagel Loan. Have a great week. The views and opinions expressed in the preceding paid program are those of the host, callers, and guests, and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of this station, its management, or owners.